Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode looking at life at Hobridge School. In this episode, we meet Head of Science David Bray. We find out why Mr Bray became a science teacher and his favourite scientific experiment. We also discover more about Science Week at Hobridge School and find out how pupils are excited by the world of science. Let's meet Head of Science. Hello, Mr Bray. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. So what was it about the subject of science that captured your imagination enough to make you become a science teacher? I think always from a, from a young age, I've had um, a desire just to know why. I think I've taken that into my teaching as well. We always try and get the children to, to always ask why. Why does something happen? Um, and not to accept some of the answers that you're given and to try and test those answers and push the barriers of, the, of those answers and try and find out more for yourself. Um, and obviously, I quite like explosions as well. So it's... <laughs> good subject to teach when you like those sort of things I think. I bet the um, parents love you teaching the children to ask why. (laughs) Uh, Yeah well we do send them home with questions to ask their parents to see and and compare the answers the parents give to to the answers that they find out in lessons and and see you know where that that standardization of science happens and see if we can push the boundaries and get the children to tell their parents stuff they don't know so yeah. So how how did you end up becoming a science teacher what route do you take i'm often interested in in how people take a route oh, <laughs> um i have a master's degree in oil exploration so when i came out of university it was unfortunate timing that the oil companies weren't taking anyone on at that time and they were actually slimming down their workforce so i needed something to do um went into teaching because i've always liked sort of sharing knowledge and things like that and i was bitten by the bug to be honest i could have gone back into oil exploration but every day in teaching is different and you know, children are inspiring and, the, you know, they, they keep you on your toes. And it's all those sort of things that, that drew me to it and kept me there, really, yeah. And also, that you know, you can make a difference as well. So that it kind of it kind of drew me in and kept me there, really, yeah. Yeah. Really cool thing to tell the uh, children, though. I was, you know, I studied oil exploration. That must, <laughs> that must take them aback, I should think. Yeah, kind of. They're, they're kind of nonplussed about things as well. So, yeah, <laughs> they do, yeah I, do, I do mention it every now and then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, you've impressed me. <laughs> so now I've here. you've just had Science Week at Hobridge and that was run by the children in year six. So tell me a little bit more about what was the focus and how did it go? So, so we ran Science Week according to British Science Week, who give you um, basically a theme, which is just a word. Uh, and this year's theme was growth. I'm very lucky to have a great team working around me in the science department here at Hobridge. And we got together and had a meeting and talked about what we could do for Science Week. And it started with just having a theme of growth in our science lessons and then turned into this massive thing where we decided we were going to get year six to teach the whole school about growth and we set them a challenge of creating a number of experiments that both children in the nursery right through to year seven could do Um, so we had four afternoons in the week of science week we had various year groups in the school coming out which rather nicely had our nursery children working with our year seven children at the start of the week doing the experiments that the year six children did and basically just doing some hands-on science and seeing what it was all about the year six children did a, an incredible job it's not easy to to set a lesson that is accessible to nursery and year seven but they absolutely smashed it out of the park and did a great job and i think every child took something from it which was the aim so yeah it was good on the theme of growth, we've now aimed to build a maze from sunflower seeds that 
one of the experiments that the children were given. So hopefully they've all gone home and planted their sunflower seeds and they'll bring them in and we'll build a nice Hobridge sunflower maze towards the end of the term for us to enjoy. It's wonderful, isn't it? Because it's bringing science truly alive. Well, hopefully, yes, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, there's, there's a perception, isn't there, of, of science lessons being, you know, dusty science labs with old, old equipment in there that, that, you know, your parents used to use. And we're trying to step away from that and make everything as interactive as we can and bring technology in and, and also use the fantastic grounds that we've got as well so they, the children realise that science is all around them. Mm. That's what I was going to say to you because it is exciting, isn't it? So, so how do you make sure that the children are, are sort of captivated during their lessons? <laughs> as the children move through the schools, we have, we have the restraint of um, common entrance and 11 plus exams. But everything that we do, we try to make the children be independent in their learning. So we, you know, we don't start the lesson by telling them the answers. You know, we, start, we end the lesson by asking them what the answers are and what the objectives of the lesson might be. And also we try to relate as much of the science that we do in lessons to real life, you know, constantly reinforcing the fact that everything that we do in science lesson does actually have a meaning and it does actually affect them and, you know, the way it affects them and, and how they can use the science that they're learning to better improve things in the future. Um, our year sevens are currently looking at um, generating electricity with re renewable sources and looking at cutting down the greenhouse effect and cutting acid rain and things like that. So we do try and bring in the real world into what we do. Mm. I was interested, actually, because the, obviously during the COVID period, scientists were much more to the forefront than ever <laughs> been. Was that quite helpful to you to, to, to let children know that science truly is part of everything we do? It was quite helpful. Um, Obviously, the lockdown was an absolute nightmare because it's really hard to teach science online. But yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you my, measure all the ingredients? Yeah. You know, my kitchen table became a, a, the source of many videoed experiments, and which, you know, in some respects, the, the the experience of the experiment is there from a visual point of view. But they learn so much more when they do them themselves. So I mean, there was a lot of a lot of brain racking as to how we were going to do that. Um, but yeah, just the fact that you know scientists were far more to the fore and. You know, that importance of the scientists in everything that happens every day was there for everyone to see. It was good to see that. And I suppose the respect also given to the scientists because everybody was continually referring to, oh, it's the science, it's the science. And that's quite unusual, actually, isn't it? Yeah, science is, I think it's one of those subjects, really, isn't it, where when it's spoken about in the media, it's people take it as they see it, don't they? They can either use it to to better their cause or they can use it to make their cause, you know, not, as, not have as much impact as they can, I think, the other side of the Atlantic, the science wasn't appreciated quite as much as it was this side of the Atlantic, was it? So I think, um, yeah, um, we constantly strive as scientists, don't we, to to make the world realise that what we say is quite important. And, you know, it's mm. nice that COVID did that in some ways. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, so talking about experiments, do, do you still do smelly experiments for children? <laughs> they love those, don't they? <laughs> some of our experiments do produce smells. <laughs> yeah. Whether you need to or not, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, we do, obviously we do the vast range. We do biology, chemistry, physics experiments. Chemistry ones tend to be the most exciting and the ones that produce the smells and the bangs and the flames. So, but yeah, we try, as I say, to give the children a little bit of leeway in, in deciding how they do the experiments as well. And, you know, and to emphasize that if the way they've done an experiment doesn't work, then that's not a problem because good science comes from things that doesn't work as well. And, mm. you know, the, 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 the biggest question when something doesn't work is why didn't it work? That, that question why again as well so mm. we do try and, and and you know work things that way as well and not give them too much guidance and instruction when it comes to that so do you have an all-time favorite scientific experiment 
I quite like the experiment where we put metals in water. We run through the reactivity series from the bottom to the top, so the first metal we put in is copper, and it doesn't do anything. Um, and then the next three or four metals don't do anything until we reach potassium where we throw it in and it produces a big purple flame and explodes. So that's quite a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Which nobody's expecting, presumably. Um, hopefully not, no. They probably are now they've heard this. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've ruined it. <laughs> Is it difficult in these days? Obviously, in my years of school, which are a long time past, we didn't have health and safety, or not that you'd notice. Is it difficult for you these days to plan and, and do experiments so that the children get enough involvement, but also that you're not actually blowing up a chemistry lab? <laughs> I think we, we have a, a really good science technician at the school, a lab technician who tends to pull our reins a little bit if we get too excited. But there's, to be honest, there's nothing really too much with regards to school science that, that isn't dangerous anymore. Quite a lot of the dangerous stuff has been taken out, but we can still get, um, you know, we can still have, have fun and, and do some exciting things without having to worry too much about health and safety. But obviously it's always at the back of our mind, yeah. Mm. And certain bits of science are, uh, I think, sometimes more attractive than others. Physics always left me a, a bit dry and cold. How do you persuade young people to take a subject if they can't see a sort of direct impact it's going to you know a direct career that it's going to give them how do you do that i think that's something that we we're going to be looking to work on in the future the the relationship that you can build up with industry and and science lessons is quite important we are sending out feelers for people to come and talk to the kids about um having science as a career um it is quite a leap because as you say you know it's only recently that we've seen scientists on tv having some kind of valid input um a lot of the time they're working in the backgrounds and you know we have to look at ways of, of bridging that gap between the two how do we relate the science we do in lessons to industry it's easy to relate it to stuff they see in everyday life but how does it relate to industry and turning up for work every day that's definitely something we need to to be working up that everybody that teaches science needs to be working on a lot more mm. Yeah, I suppose it's your, your chance at the moment to sort of wave a flag for the kind of careers. Well, if you were talking to a young person now, what would you say to them? Where could they go with if they took science as their subject? So one thing I always wanted to do, apart from oil exploration, I always wanted to be a forensic scientist. Mm, so me I definitely, too. definitely push them in that direction. And th there are things that you can do in lessons, in a normal school lesson with even a year five, year four class, that a forensic scientist was using his job. So, you know, we can, we can always, I think when we do things that relate to industry and relate to jobs, we can always, you know, we always flag it up to the children and say, look, if you, would, if you were working out in the real world, this, this would be something that you would do. And hopefully the lessons caught their imagination enough for them to, to consider it. Mm. So now away from science at the moment, uh, somebody told me you were a huge Leeds United fan. Is this true? Yeah, for my pains, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this lifelong? Yeah, from when I was a boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what does that do for you? How does that make your weekends? Nail-biting? It normally ruins them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a good few years. I think it's, it's coming to an end now, but um, you take the rough with the smooth, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were you a footballer in your day? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a, a, another qualification. I have a UEFA coaching qualification, um, and I've done some coaching a lot of places around the world. I used to work, do some coaching with Chelsea Football Club, so I coached in a, a lot of places yeah. for them, and yeah. So that's that's going to be a bit of a surprise for people if they didn't know that before. <laughs> they, they do know that, yeah. Really? <laughs> they already do, yeah, yeah. So did I mean you literally when you say you've got your is that a coaching coaching qualification that you have to yeah. be able and you can teach at every level? Not quite every level, no. Um, it's 
I can coach at up to academy level and, and lower league level as well, yeah. Um, I don't do, don't do so much of it now, but I used to enjoy it. So that must mean that you're a pretty good footballer, actually. No, not at all. <laughs> it, means, it means I'm very good at observing um, coaching drills being taught and being able to regurgitate them and, and pick up things on the pitch. No, you don't necessarily need to be a good footballer, thankfully. <laughs> do, does that skill give you, does that sort of transfer into school as well? Are there any sort of transferable skills from that sort of yeah, coaching? Yeah, I think, I, think, um, I think it works both ways as well. Um, when I did a lot of coaching, I used to use a lot of guided discovery where I would, I would tell the, the players what I wanted to happen but not tell them how to do it. And I think, you know, working it out and making their mistakes, I mean, we all know how powerful learning from a mistake is. And I think it's something I do both in the classroom and, and out on the football pitch when I was coaching as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm, interesting. Now, I was going to ask you if there's anything else that people would be surprised to find out about. So if it's not the football coaching, what is it? <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like another feather to my bowers. Uh, when I was... When I was younger, when I was at school, a, a school friend of mine, we had a, a business making and selling computer games. The fact that I went on to university to study oil exploration and became a teacher would tell you how successful that business actually was. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> what sort of fun. games? Um, just just general um, just general computer games that were around at the time. It was like things like guiding parachutes down to the ground and space invader type mock games and things like that. Nothing special, really. So did you actually wrote the code for them? Yeah, some of it. <laughs> Gosh, that is that is something. You know, wow, that's something to have to your name, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think they even use that that computer code anymore now either. So it's oh. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, I think it will impress though, definitely. I was going to ask you one other thing that if you well, you know you've talked about your oil exploration, if you hadn't been a teacher, um, where would it have taken you? Where, where would oil exploration your qualification? Where would you have gone with it? I, I did a general geology degree before that as well and I can't go anywhere where there's rocks without having a look at them um it, it was it's definitely a passion and that was definitely something I would have pursued I think yeah definitely um given the right it was definitely a case of right place at the right time when I graduated so you know I don't I don't regret not being a geologist I'm, I love my job and uh, at the moment but it's always something that I would have liked to have done yeah and what does geology entail then? Is it, it it's actually the exploration and looking at is that for the extraction of oil or is it for other things as yeah, it's well? It's not just for that. I mean geology, you know, you can extract an oil, some may argue is probably one of the worst things that geology does. It's looking at how the earth was formed. It's again it goes back to that question is why? Why is it here? Why are we here? You know, what happens on the earth to make sure that we can stay here and you know, what's happened to ensure that we were here in the first place and yeah, it's, it's a big old question. It's a big old thing to study is the earth. There's always new things happening and I try to keep abreast of it if I can. But as I say, you know, I can't go anywhere where there's rocks without looking at them. <laughs> so are you one of those people who head down to Jurassic Coast and pick up fossils? Yeah, and I, know, I, I, I very rarely go to the Jurassic Coast. I used to go when I was an undergraduate, but not since. Um, it, it's I think you go once as a geologist and you go, yeah, OK, there's some fossils there. It's great. But... <laughs> So you haven't got tucked away at home, uh, uh, you know, the, the bones of a Tyrannosaurus Rex no, or anything? No, absolutely not. No, I don't think I get away with that, having that sort of thing hanging around at home, no. <laughs> so, so if there's one thing that you could sort of conjure up, if you had a magic wand, uh, a science wand for your young people, would, would there be any particular thing that you would like to put on for them by way of a sort of a, a science experiment that you can't do at the moment, for instance? That's a good question. Um, time travel. 
Okay, that's a good one. I think would be would be a good one. Could we go forward in time, see where, and then look back and again to use this word again, look back, look back on our mistakes and see where we've gone wrong and what we can do to to correct those, um, and then go back in 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 time to look and then think about where we actually are in the future as we are now and see how successful we have been as well. I think we can be quite negative about things, can't we? And you know, I think in the last fifty or sixty years, we've managed to get to the moon with managed to send probes to other planets and we forget about all that sort of stuff that science does and tend to say oh we you know we dig oil out of the ground and we burn it and it ruins the planet but it would be nice to be able to move both ways and, and look back and see you know what we've achieved and look forward and see what we can achieve as well mm, it's interesting mm. I wonder what the, do, do do you have a view on what the greatest ever scientific discovery is Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. With regards to humans, I would probably say that something really simple like discovering electricity and, and light bulbs and and things like that, I would say. Uh, maybe the vaccination is quite important as well. Mm. There's so many things that we've done that it's hard to just pick one and, and say, yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Certainly the vaccinations, presumably the, the quickness of being able to bring those actually into operation, presumably that's moved science forward very quickly, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's helped a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm a massive <laughs> fan of, is it the, the lectures at Christmas that you get? Yeah, the they're very yeah, they're, yeah, they're good, aren't they? The Royal Institution lectures, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been able to take any young people there? No, or not? no. No. I think I'd like to sneak in the back actually because never mind the young people I find them fascinating <laughs> they're very good yeah and they again they you know they're, they're lucky to be so well resourced that they can bring science really to life can't they and, and, mm. and they're very interactive which is what it should be like as well I think the days of a of a dusty old scientist with crazy hair and a white coat lecturing from the front of the room are gone now thankfully so <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Oh, so I can't picture you there. You're, you're a very mo- you're a modern science teacher, oh, aren't you? you. Obviously. <laughs> I try to be. Good. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you today. So, when does your maze get built? Is that at the end of term? Yeah, hopefully towards the end of the term. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might check back in with you to <laughs> yeah, see to see how how it went and whether anybody managed to find their way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Thanks very much. Good. Nice to speak to you. And you. Bye bye. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, hopebridgeschool.co.uk. Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.